That Don't Sound Right is a podcast about talking, talking the way we did before the internet, when you could not prove anyone right or wrong. All the expertise was contained in the people involved with the conversation. I'm Peter. I'm Cecil. And I hope you enjoy our conversations. And as you listen, if you find yourself silently saying, that don't sound right, send us a comment. You're one of us. It's a about 60-year-old balding guy with a white beard who wears cargo shorts and I kid you not, white New Balances. I'm on my way. Yeah. In. Welcome back to another episode of That Don't Sound Right, podcast about talking. We're your co-hosts. I'm Peter Billman. And I'm Cecil Davis. And we're just trying to have a conversation without Googling it or fact-checking it or looking it up. Those things so easily kill the conversation. And for those of you have, uh, that have listened here before, you know, or we know what we're trying to do. And we hope that you're doing the same thing with your friends and family, just have, trying to have a conversation and just to figure things out. Sometimes one of us on this podcast will say something that either don't sound right or one of you and the listeners are gonna go out there and fact check us and Google us. And if you do that, that's okay. Then we've done our job. If you remember from last week, we had a guest, Jovi. Hey Jovi. Thanks for having me back on. Surprised you didn't say welcome to the show. Oh, you know what? I do like saying that. I do like saying that. Jovi, welcome to the show. So, Last week, if you remember, uh, Jay, you were telling us about, um, so the don't sound right moment that everybody thought was coming was that you got a, you got a free 1980 Corvette. Exactly. To me, the, that don't sound right moment was the fact that really at the end of the show, you had not driven it yet. Correct. So we're going to pick back up with that uh, tonight because I 100% would have tried to drive that thing by now. Oh, I would have driven it back from Charlotte. Yeah, we left it. It's on jack stands, right? Yep, still is. So, it still is right now? Still, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so before, before we dive into that, I, I just think it would be a moment. So uh, tell, us, tell us why you – I mean, you haven't always been into cars. No, actually, for a very long time, I was adamantly not into cars. I have very bad. Were you like against them? I let's not against them. I purposely avoided learning about them. I have very bad ADHD. This sends me down a lot of rabbit holes. And now I've found that the bigger the rabbit hole, the less likely I am to get out of it. Ah. I've been down a lot of small ones. Cars are a pretty big one. Yes. And so, for about the first 17 years of my life, every car video on YouTube, click off. Hide info. Every single car post, just scroll on by. I'm not interested. Too much information, too big of a rabbit hole. It is a big rabbit hole. I will agree. It's a money hole, too. Yes. Oh, yes. And then what happens to all of us? I have a car, and suddenly something isn't working. And one of my biggest traits is that almost above all else, I really don't like spending money. Right. It's tough to spend money when one does not have money. That is a very difficult <laughs> one. And so when your car doesn't start right before work, it's sort of like, oh, okay, I don't have time to go to a shop. I have YouTube in my hand. Let's figure this out. There you go. Yep. So that was your starting car. So that was, that was very similar to mine. So I, my first car, which we've talked about on the show, 
was my great uncle offered me a 1986 Buick Skylark. So this would have been um, a 1968 Buick Skylark, and this was in the 80s when he offered it to me. So it was you know nearing 20 years old. All I had to do was get it running, and it could be mine. So at that point, I became a car guy. And then for me, my dad had this 1972 International Scout, and he said, Peter, you can have this car and drive it. It can be your driver. But the leaf springs are sagging, and they need, they need help. We need to put a, a helper spring into it, a leaf, an add-a-leaf kit to spring the leaf springs back into life. So my first job in order to have a car was to take the axles off, take apart the leaf springs, put in a new leaf, put it all back together. The car was mine. Yep. I mean, Dad and I got the Buick running pretty quickly, but that we had to do a front-end job on it. Oh. So ball joints, all I don't remember all the things that are in there now, uh, idler arm, control arms, all that stuff. But I had access to his tools in a machine shop at that point in my life. So there might be some words of wisdom here. I don't know if it's words of wisdom, but, you know, um, necessity is the mother of invention, right? Right. Uh, there's got to be some uh, some parallel. Joey's, Joey's coming up we with got that. Got like all right, so I, I think you're right. I think the words of wisdom, uh, what did you say, mother of all invention? Uh, so necessity, necessity is the mother of invention. Is wanting to have a car as a teenager is the mother of all mechanics? Well, I was thinking of... Not having money is is the is the mother of learning how to fix your own car <laughs> or learn to fix anything. <laughs> That's uh yeah. So um, so tell us um, so finish, let's finish up with the the Corvette. So biggest problem with the Corvette is I have almost nothing I need to work on it. So all I have at home is my dad's old toolbox full of it's probably what you think of like a normal Home Depot little carry around toolbox full of all Imperial tools, which was helpful because everything is an Imperial on the Corvette. But I had nothing larger than a three-quarter inch ratchet, a single socket set, and there's kind of a few, one or two more tools you need to fix a car. And so I come from a family of people fixing cars. My grandfather was a Ford technician for about 50 years. Really? Okay, all right. Man, you're giving us more and more information. There's more data here. This yeah. is good stuff. So my grandfather, he lived in the middle of nowhere in Gainesville, Virginia, for all one person that knows where that is. Uh, two. I know where it is. I know where it is. <laughs> Three. Three. So he Just has on this show. a little four-bedroom, three-bath house out there. Mm. The staple is the three-car standalone garage uh, with a lift. Love it. Man, with a lift. With wow. a lift. Nice. And so... There's some more words of wisdom coming to me, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> so he he's he's getting remarried. He messages me. He's like, hey, haven't seen you in a while. I would love if you came up to the wedding. And so originally, me my parents were all going to go. Then dad got the flu. Mm-hmm. He and my mom stayed home. I drove about five hours up to Gainesville, Virginia. He's like, hey, I might have a... T-. I told him all about the Corvette, sent him pictures. His response was, I kind of want it in my garage. I sent him pictures, everything like that. And then he messages me saying, hey, I might have an old toolbox with your name on it. Oh. Now, I'm thinking about the same size as my dad's. Right. Toolbox, yeah. name. My grandfather has a ton of old tools. Yep. He has some of my great-grandfather's tools. Oh, wow. Now, I get there. He's standing next to it. It is not a small toolbox. 
It is an entire, I believe it, he told me it was a, I believe a 78 Mac Tools rolling tool chest uh. with a side box and a top box. Now, Does it have the popcorn maker and the coffee machine? Oh, I wish. <laughs> so he gets that and then he just starts loading shoe boxes full of heating lamps, um, heat guns, oh soldering guns, everything on top of it. I'm like, okay, I have a single car and no trailer. How do you expect me to get this back? Mm. It's like, you have a trunk, don't you? And so, thankfully, there were some other family members there. I managed to load about 800 pounds of tools. <laughs> so we're getting back into the tongue weight issue from the podcast oh, yes. episode, except this I is... I've never been more thankful for a Forerunner. So this, you, you had the Forerunner that you oh, loved? Yes. Oh, yeah, it, I can handle it. It fit by... I can handle it. The, uh, it fit right in between the wheel wells in the back. There was a half inch of extra space. Just, just so everybody knows, uh, Peter is a Forerunner guy. That's right. You, you love Forerunners. I own three of them. You own three Forerunners. Jovi has one. He's got an 04. I have an 03, an 04, and a 14. So. I feel left out. You should feel left you out. Get but, one. But I have one you can borrow. Just say the word. Just, uh, just I've got right, one in the right. drive. I've got two. I in the have borrowed room. it. So just come and get it. The forerunner hauled the ranchero. That's right. We did yeah. some towing of the ranchero with it. Yeah. So it was absolutely full to the brim. Full to the brim. With tools, tools, and ancient photographs which are mixed in with all the tools, which was a little disconcerting. So I took curves very slowly. I see. So then I am... Oh, like hand-me-down like hand-me-down photographs for the wall? and Oh, yes, for, like things for to like, take to my, my parents. Your parents. Oh, oh. Yes. Okay. So you had to be careful with these oh, yes. kind of family heirlooms, both on the tool side and on the home decor side. And now... Usually those don't mix together in the same vehicle. That's <laughs> no. just not usually a good idea, but I hear you pulled it off. So I am loaded up in this car with probably the heaviest load it's ever had in the back of it. Now, it is 30 degrees outside. This was in, it was December, I believe, 18th. This year? This year. Oh, that was, we had that cold snap. Yes. That's cool. It was right in the middle of that in right. Virginia. So about 30 degrees outside. It is raining, and I am on curvy, empty Virginia highways that I have never been on before. Perfect. Pitch black. That is probably the slowest I've ever driven on a highway. <laughs> <laughs> You've had some uh, some driving adventures in the last 12 oh, yeah. months. Yeah, I mean, well, so yeah, when did all this start? When did you first get the Corvette? Um, that would have been, I believe, middle of June. All right, so yeah. In, in six months' time, you doubled your rolling fleet... You have uh, you've completely outfitted your garage with tools. This yes. is it's yes. it's been a good it's been a good year. Oh yes, this has been one of the best years of my life. <laughs> That's good. I agree. <laughs> so so tell us where you're at with the with the Corvette now. So, so we left it. It was up on jack stands. You had you had cranked all the gas out of it, and you had cranked it exactly. Yeah, okay. Starts and runs. I confirm the wheels. At least spin. I do not know if they will push the car. The wheels spin up on jack stands. Currently, I'm waiting for a new master cylinder as there is a hole in the bottom of mine. And the brake fluid was more like brake sludge when I pulled it out. It was 40 years old and from the 80s, as you would expect. Still want to deter us from driving it immediately. (laughs) Oh, yes, of course. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so all in eighty five. Well, the big problem is that the suggestion of a parking brake turned into none of a parking nah, brake. There we go. And so, currently, it's waiting on new bushings to get delivered to redo mm. the front end. Yeah. And thankfully, the rear Corvettes are odd. They have a single rear leaf spring on the rear. And so, thankfully, that is not cracked or anything. All the brackets holding it together are good. A single rear leaf. So it is crosswise. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. So the, if you look, if you lift one into the air, the okay. front wheels will hang down a little bit, and the back wheels will point at almost a 45-degree angle. Really? Huh. I didn't know that. They're basic, it's basically just a um, two-point hinge with the control arm on it, and then a leaf <laughs> spring that stretches over that onto where the two spring perches would be. Why do they do that? Um, it was lightweight at the time. Uh, eventually, they made that spring composite. Oh, yeah. That was all you, the way is up your until... Steel? Is your steel? Oh, yes. Okay. Very steel. All the way up until the C5 Corvette, they used that. And then on the C6, they changed to independent rear suspension. What was the, what's the 22? C6? 22 is the C8. C8? Yeah. Okay. So the, the newest Corvette's the C8. The C7 is when they stopped having the circular taillights mm. and switched to the sort of Camaro-style rear taillights. We realize that some of y'all that are not car geeks are they're checking out, over. but uh, we're going to have this conversation for a few <laughs> minutes. So the C8 is the new mid-engine, right? The new mid-engine, yeah. yes. So I saw a 22 yesterday. and uh, Okay, so that's the C8. Okay, I'm with you now. All right, we're, the car geek time is now over. We're back to the story. <laughs> so the Corvette is doing great. Um, I'm currently trying to basically figure out how to do fiberglass repair on my own because, again, I don't want to pay someone to do it. How much work does it need? It's just, it has about three inch long cracks in the front splitter. So it's nothing huge, and the paint overall is solid, but it will already need to be re-clear coated. So explain explain to everybody, uh, because we have some non-automotive listeners, what a splitter is. So a splitter is the front end of the car that sort of sticks out and hugs the ground to um, help your aerodynamics, help car pass smoothly over it, or help air pass smoothly over the car. Now, is, that the, is the Daytona nose the splitter? The Daytona nose, yeah, it is that front end. But you're going to pull that off, right? So my plan is to potentially sell it without replacing that. If I find a wrecked Corvette that has a solid front end, I will go and snag that. But I would love to replace it with the factory front end, as I think it looks very good and makes the car look significantly lighter. So, um, so what's, what, are your, uh, what are your future plans after that when you get all this done? So my plans are to get the car r- running and drivable. So it's an it's a automatic. It's a four-speed automatic. My plan is to find someone who loves the look of them and just wants them for the, the experience and not the driving thrill because there is none with a 170-horsepower V8. Right, right. And eventually my goal is to sell it and buy, ideally, a right-hand drive Land Cruiser. No, oh, okay, all right, yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Well, right-hand drive. I have, I have. It's what I grew up with. And so Thailand is right-hand drive where okay. I grew up, yeah. and I am a huge sucker for old Japanese SUVs. Nice. So would you buy, buy one that's been already restored or buy one that you can... So my goal would be to buy a 80 series Land Cruiser, mm-hmm. which is actually a pretty... It's a 90... They stopped making them in 97. But it's actually a pretty usable everyday vehicle. And it's still... It's the last generation that had a solid front axle. 
so it has a solid front and rear axle because mm. I love Jeeps in concept, but I just hate how they look. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to offend anybody on this show, but I, I, I 100% agree <laughs> with you. Um, the uh, Jeeps are popular right now. Uh, where I work, there's a place that customizes Jeeps, and they are they have Jeep rally like once a week. Oh, really? And um, so all these tricked out Jeeps are over there, and uh, and I mean they are tricked out. I know a family that has a hybrid Jeep as their commuter vehicle. Really? They picked the single vehicle, the single small SUV with a solid front axle to be their commuter. Oh wow! So that's your so the Land Cruiser is your kind of your dream. My eventual goal. I grew up seeing them everywhere, right. and I've always wanted one. And so you grew up in Thailand. Yes, I grew up overseas. Yeah. It's the reason I've gone with the tools I have. I went all Makita tools because yeah. I remember being about seven, walking into the um, not Home Depot. It was Home Pro, right. completely different. And every tool you could grab and hold except the Makitas were all in glass boxes up on the shelf. You, oh, were, really? you weren't allowed to touch the Makitas. Huh. And so growing up... Why is that? I really don't know. They've always just, in my mind, they've been the metaphorical gold standard, the, the, the glass yeah. box. The, uh, so if I could get any car, it would be a 1973, 1973 Ferrari Daytona Spider, 365.4. Why is that? That's the car that Crockett drove on Miami Vice. Ah, uh, okay, that's right. Wait. He drove two Ferraris because he, he wrecked did. the first one. Well, do you know why he drove two Ferraris? He, oh, he, the Testarossa was the second one. Testarossa was the second. So the, the Spider, okay, yeah. The Spider. The now, the Spider was unusual because, um, so they they wanted the Ferrari Daytona Spider, but the problem with that is there's only a handful of those, and they typically go now at auction for about $2 million. So they couldn't have that for the car show. So what they did is there was a builder back in the 80s called McBurney, and he would build replicas. And so they built three or four replicas on Corvette chassis. Um, but the problem was is that Ferrari, Ferrari said that, you, that that don't sound right. Ferrari knew what they were doing and right. was not a fan. Yeah, so Ferrari put a stop to that. So they ended up, like two or three episodes, two or three seasons in, blowing up the 365 <laughs> I and I remember I was sitting in bed watching that episode and I sat straight up in bed <laughs> when it happened because I could not believe I mean it was I had a visceral reaction to this Seriously. episode I Seriously. was like that don't sound right what, I know, you, I was like, what are you telling me I was me? like what are you doing why'd you buy that car and then Ferrari gave them the Testarossas gave them the Testarossas well you know because they yeah, were right, right. Yeah, gave, yeah, gave them like three or four but that was that car didn't. It, it that was the Testarossa was not. They sh- was I, the yeah I can't even talk about it. <laughs> but anyways, I've always wanted the '73 Ferrari Daytona Spider. Uh, okay. Well, if we're gonna keep on this trend, I guess mm-hmm. if I could have any car in the world, my dream would be a United Arab Emirates only barn door five speed manual eighty series Land Cruiser diesel. Good grief. There you Only go. made them in a single market. It's a left-hand drive. Yeah. 1HDT, 4.2 liter, inline six diesel. The five-speed manual and barn doors like an old 65 Chevy Suburban. There Good go. grief. That's entirely... That's, I will never find super, one. I don't, I don't but one day. find that one. Oh, they're there, but they probably are going for two oh, years. Oh, yes. yeah. yeah. Well, that's like the Daytona Spider. The, the, I, I have found the replicas. You can still buy a few of the replicas. Okay. 
for anywhere from twenty to a hundred thousand dollars. But the real Daytonas spiders today are go for two or three million when they come to auction. Right. They probably occasionally BAT will have some. Okay. Uh, but it's very very rare. So do you have a, do you have a do you have a dream car that's not a four runner? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. I've, I guess I've not really thought about. I mean, my dream car really is a, a very very. Um, modified and pristine scout which the current scout that I have will never turn into that <laughs> as long as I'm working on it but if I had the money I would turn it over to a builder right and I have them trick it out mm-hmm. tune it up shine it up make it right that's I mean I think that that would be my dream car and then a close set and, and the, but a second if I had to you know pick something besides a scout because right. it's clearly too obvious that I already have my dream car but if I had to pick something besides yeah. a scout I really do like the new Corvettes really I really do like them you like the C8 mid engine oh, cars yeah really see, I'll tell you why I don't like them <laughs> see I don't think that sounds right because they look too much like a uh, Lamborghini I was maybe yeah maybe. But now the one I saw yesterday was really it was nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was we nice. have we have someone that just got one that drives by our job every day. Yeah. It's exactly who you expect. It's a about sixty year old balding guy with a white beard who wears cargo shorts and I kid you not, white New Balances. I'm on my way. Yeah. In a bright blue on tan leather Targa top C8 Corvette. Nice. But I um. I didn't know that. I didn't know you wanted a Corvette. I, you know, I've just after I've seen them a couple times, right. I'm thinking to myself, self. I, I am truly surprised. That would be that would be one. That would be a car for me. That'd be a car for me. <laughs> well, you know, they play this on some podcasts where they'll say they'll give you what what are the five cars you'd have in your dream garage. Mm-hmm. And so, have you ever seen anybody play that game? No. Yeah. So that's the game that people play. Okay. So like, you know, they'll have a truck and a sports yeah. car and all that kind of so you get but you get five shots at it. But. I got you. See, I always feel like that's too easy. I like John people. What's your dream two car garage? Yeah, that's a little more challenging. I but I really only have one car that that if I could get it, and that's the Daytona. That's the Daytona. Daytona yeah. Spider. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well seventy three specifically. Gotcha. Yeah. Even a replica. Sure. So anybody out there in <laughs> TDSR land. All right, well, that, um, it don't sound right. Uh, so now, have you finished up your story? Um, I believe it finishes with the tools sitting set up in my garage. I took about, I will, so I took, drank so much caffeine to get home. I left at 9 o'clock, so I got home at about 1, one thirty. I drank so much caffeine to get home that I couldn't sleep. <laughs> so I spent seven hours straight just organizing tools. So at this point in the story, you still not have, you've still not driven the Corvette. I have still not driven, and to this day, I still have not driven the Corvette. We're still waiting on the master cylinder. We're still waiting on a master cylinder. Peter, you and I would have already cranked and driven that car and probably torn something up. That's right, that's right. The splitter would be the least of your fiberglass problems. I I applaud your patience. Patience. I applaud, applaud your patience. Patience is a virtue. All right, well, that... Don't, it don't sound right, but you have reached the end of another. That don't sound right. Hey, before we close, we want to thank everyone for listening. Thanks again, Joby, for Thanks, being Joby, with us. Thanks, Joby, for being this, on. this story nice. is awesome. Uh, if this is your first time and enjoyed our conversation, would you consider hitting the subscribe button or the check mark on Apple Podcasts? Also, consider giving us a rating or leaving us a review. All right. That don't sound right is a production of TDSR Podcasts in conjunction with Camel City Studios. 
Um, I just want to a little interruption here and say, uh, Peter knows this, but I never get the ending right on the first time. <laughs> we redo this almost every we don't week. Have to, you don't have to give our secrets away, man. That is a production a good, series. A good magician never reveals their secrets. <laughs> I am your co-host and sound engineer, Cecil. Uh, Peter is your other host and your web designer. Emily is our graphic designer. I hope everything's going well at college. Giorgio is our merchandise tester. Brent is our excellent brand ambassador. And as always, listener number one is Scott. So until next week, uh, next Saturday night, keep talking. And stay curious. Stay curious.